It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast and Locked On Panthers podcast because it's already that time. Crossover Thursday again where the Panthers suddenly competitive and beating Tom Brady and really should have beat the Falcons. Meanwhile, the Bengals reeling after after their Monday night matchup and ugly loss to the Browns. He's Julian Council of Locked On Panthers. I'm James Rapine of Locked On Bengals in this crossover episode well, it's brought to you by Prize Picks. It's presented by Prize Picks, in fact, because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. See, if you uh, deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get 100 bucks. Again, use promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And Julian, let's dive into this matchup because a few weeks ago, the Panthers were firing Matt Rule and they were going to trade everybody. And yes, they made one trade, but I've watched them the past two weeks and they've either been competitive and I think it's fair to say should have won that Falcons game or or were busy beating the GOAT in Tom Brady. So what what is the biggest storyline? Because to me, at least for the Panthers – it's that they're better than we let on and they seem better than that two and six record. Yeah, that's certainly a storyline going into this week. And you're right, James, the Panthers should be three and five. Every team in the NFC South, in fact, should be three and five. And by way of tiebreaker, the Carolina Panthers should be in first place. Instead, they're two and six, two games out of first place against their division rival Atlanta Falcons and currently hold the number two pick in the NFL draft, which there's plenty of fans out there here in Charlotte and across the nation that aren't upset about that because the Panthers desperately need to identify a quarterback in their long-term future. But I would look at it as the biggest storyline is the fact that they didn't go fire sale after firing Matt rule three weeks ago, they traded away Robbie Anderson, which made a ton of sense considering he was a rule guy gets kicked out of that game. When Steve Wilkes takes over as the interim head coach against Los Angeles, it was never going to work. He also just didn't produce the last two seasons. Makes more sense to clear the way for guys like Terrace Marshall, their second-round pick out in 2021. And then also Shai Smith, who's been the number three wide receiver all season long, getting those guys reps and opportunities. And then, of course, the blockbuster trade of Christian McCaffrey. That hasn't hurt them, as Deontay Foreman looks like the same dude we saw who up Tennessee Titans become the number one seed last year in the AFC when Derrick Henry went down with a three-touchdown game on Sunday in the game against the Falcons. So they look to be pretty competitive and they've told the league that hey we are trying to build around brian burns 
their excellent defensive end who was a pro bowler last year. They want to build on Jeremy Chen, who's also going to be out again this week on IR at the hamstring, JC Horn, Derek Brown, DJ Moore, those five players. Those are the guys they want to move forward with. Those are the guys that they want to try and attract the head coach with. And of course, there's the guys that they want to help build around with a young quarterback. So the biggest news or biggest story for me going in this game is like, yeah, they're playing well, but also they're investing in these young players all under the age of 25 and hoping that that, that next chapter Carolina Panthers football can lead to success with those five guys. Yeah, it's it certainly looks different and it feels different than it would have a few weeks ago. Put it Absolutely. that way, because if you would have asked me three weeks ago, you know, after the Bengals had beat the Saints or, or maybe even a, a week plus ago when they had beat the Falcons, you look at this game and it's like, OK, well, we'll see. Well, now the Bengals without Shadobe Awuzie for the season, their top cornerback. We know about Jamar Chase. He's not going to play this week either, even though he's not on injured reserve. And it suddenly feels like, man, this game is going to be competitive potentially. And I, yeah, I think the biggest storyline for the Bengals, it's pretty simple. This is a must win game because if you fall to four and five and you look at the back half of that schedule, they have the Steelers. Then you go on the road to Tennessee and Tennessee's on a roll right now. And then December is tough from the chiefs to uh, the Buccaneers. You have the the bills on January 2nd. You, you have a lot of tough teams. You have to go to new England. So it's uh, it, it is tough for the Bengals in the back half. And so the fact that they're four and four, the fact that they had an, a really ugly loss, didn't score in the first three quarters on Monday night, they got to get it rolling. And, and so can they, will they, or is this what everyone talks about going into the year, Super Bowl hangover? Did the injury bug just catch them enough to, to derail Joe Burrow's third season? I, I think that's kind of what could play out if the Carolina Panthers come to Paycor Stadium and get a victory. On the flip side, the Bengals, if they win, it's going to be, oh, well, we were five and four at the bye last year, five and four this year. Let's get a little healthier. Let's catch our breath in week 10 and be back for a stretch run. So this is a huge game for the Bengals. And it seems like they've had so many swing games this year. They started 0-2. Then they get to 2-2. and Then they fall to 2-3 and and are going to New Orleans. But you can't fall to 2-4 and and expect to make a run. And they rally to get to 4-3. and And now, again, Julian, we're here in Cincinnati with another swing game. Can they get to five and four? Can they get back over to 500? Or on the flip side, will Carolina keep pace in the NFC South? It's it's <laughs> wild. Is the vibe there like, hey, we, we have a shot in the, the division again? Because uh, I mean, they do. Are, are, have people allowed themselves to get there? Last week. just the game out. Last week, there was a lot of talk about it feels like 2014, considering the Panthers that year went seven, eight, and one. They started off three, eight, three, eight, and one. And I think they tied the Bengals actually that season where they started off. Yep. Yeah. So that was, and like the last few times they played, it's been a Panthers win. And then the tie, the last time they played in Cincinnati was that tie game. So they're three, eight and one to start the season. Then they get hot, win four games, beat a Ryan Lindley led Arizona Cardinals team in the divisional or in the wild card. And then give Seattle all they could handle the year. I think the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Or it's either the one the year they won or the year they lost to the Patriots. But either way, a Seattle team that went to the Super Bowl gave them all they could handle on the road in that divisional round game. So that was a lot of the talk last week, considering that the Panthers would have won on Sunday, which they absolutely should have. You throw out, the, I mean, the missed field goal, right? The yeah. missed extra point and the mixed field goal in overtime, the pick six right before the, before the half, not being able to tackle um, Demir Bird. A rife amount of mistakes that should have allowed the Carolina Panthers to win had they just made one of those single plays on Sunday afternoon. So had they won that and been in first place, there would have been four more conversation this week about, hey, Panthers are in first place. Instead, like now say they get two and six and hold the number two pick. People have kind of gone back to the thought of, all right, this team's going to be in the top three. They're going to have their pick. 
of Will Levis, who actually looked awful on Saturday. So I'm going to pass on that one for right now. Bryce Young out of Alabama <laughs> and CJ Strata out of the Ohio State University. Let me make sure to put the V in front of it since I'm talking to an Ohio audience. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they went on Sunday, then the, the vibes can be back. But they're going to probably be in that race considering just hey, Atlanta. They're not that great. Tampa. They look awful. And in New Orleans, uh, they've been banged up too. So the Panthers will be in it. A win on Sunday, then a win on Thursday night after that against Atlanta. Then people probably can get back to talk themselves into potentially having another 2014 season where seven wins might be enough to win the division. Which is just wild to think about. because Embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, I, it, it is. But that that is the reality of things. And yeah, so honestly, it looks like it's, two teams that are going to be desperate for a win, hungry for a win. And, uh, you know, can still keep in this sounds so weird, but playoff hopes alive. And I'm not trying to knock the Panthers. I'm just shocked that we're here after just a couple of weeks ago, but given what's around them, they're certainly in the playoff mix. Uh, let's take a, a deeper dive and, and dive into some of these, these matchups that could decide the game. Obviously Joe Burrow, trying to navigate waters without Jamar Chase. So we will do that in just a second. But first, I have to tell you about Blue Nile. Because whether you're looking to pop the question or have a milestone to celebrate or want to let your love sparkle, sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. So if you're out of the Cincinnati area, all the Panthers listeners out there, our Bengals listeners across the country, Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. They have tools online. They have someone that can chat with you 24-7 to help you, whether it's phone or chat. If you don't like the chat, I'm a big online chat guy, but if you don't like that, you want to go on the phone, you can do that as well. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Julian, let's keep things rolling here with some key matchups. And you mentioned Brian Burns and defensive yep. end. Two first rounders, by the way, that they said, no, no, no. He's a key piece. <laughs> right. By the way, when you turn down two first rounders, that means he's not on the block. That's what that means. Not that, you know, that, that he could be had. And so I don't blame them, by the way. 
And for this matchup, I think the Bengals would have preferred the, the Panthers to move on from Brian Burns because they've struggled with star defensive ends this year. And the latest was Miles Garrett on Monday night. Brian Burns versus the Bengals tackles to me stands out. But let me ask you this. Where do they where do they put him? Does he line up on one side? Do they move him on both sides? Uh, how does it work with him on, on their defense? Yeah, he'll move all around in this defense. And, and I agree with you too, James. I was someone who did not want to see Brian Burns lead because the Panthers think he can be of the caliber of Miles Garrett in the future. He's a young player. They picked up his fifth-year option back in May. Wouldn't make a ton of sense to invest in him for next season and then to go on and trade him away because the team gets off to a bad start. And also, it's never a guarantee that those two first-round picks, no matter if you actually use them as first-round picks or you trade them, that that's going to end up being better for the Carolina Panthers in the future than having one of the young premier pass rushers who was a pro bowler a year ago. So he'll line up all over the place. I know the Bengals' offensive line has really struggled so far this season. Now, the Panthers overall, getting after the passer – haven't been great. ESPN has their pass rush win rate stat. They're 20th in the league right now. The Panthers only have 12 sacks on the season. I know the Bengals have given up the second most. So hopefully maybe something can give there. Brian Burns has had five of those 12 sacks. Now we expect that he would have some sort of success on Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati getting after the passer. But it's guys like Marquise Haynes, who situationally the last two years has combined for seven sacks. Not a ton, but when you have a guy like Hassan Reddick there and you have Brian Burns, that adds up. And a year ago, he had four of them. Has a goose egg so far. Another player, Etor Grossmatos, a second rounder out of Penn State in 2020. There was expectations that he could also help out. Currently, he has half a sack. I don't really love that people get half a sack. Either you have a whole sack or no sack at all, in my opinion. But Etor Grossmatos, only a half a sack so far. So two guys that they really relied on or hoping that they could rely on situationally to be edge rushers this year have not done it much for them. So Brian Burns, I expect him to have a good game. But also, someone else has got to step up and help the Carolina Panthers as far as getting after Joe Burrow because they can't sit back there and get picked apart when the secondary has been banged up the last three weeks. And one thing I'm kind of curious, too, when looking at it, the Panthers, like the Bengals, really sought after this offseason to go out there and to find guys to fix their offense line. Carolina's done that. They have four new starters from last season. They got Aki Aquanu, who they drafted six overall. They brought they had Brady Christensen, who's a, a, a second-year player, who was drafted yeah. third round at BYU. Bringing Austin Corbett, who's been excellent. Bradley Bozeman now is a starting center. And then you still have Taylor Moten on the right side. But Cincinnati, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, The interior has been pretty solid. And, you know, they added Ted Karras at center yeah. and Alex Kappa at right guard. And then a, a fourth-year uh, or a fourth-round rookie in Cordell Volson. And those guys have been pretty good. You know, Volson was obviously the weak link on paper coming into the year. I mean, he came from a one double A school in North Dakota state, but overall, I think he's been pretty solid. And so the interior I'm comfortable with, uh, Lel Collins still battling some nagging injuries, had an ankle last week that he was working his way through, uh, had a back injury throughout camp. And so I, I still think he's certainly less than 100% and just finding ways uh, to get on the field. And overall, I think he's been underwhelming. But up until that Browns game the past couple of weeks, when you saw this offense score 65 points, you know, top the 30 point mark back to back weeks for the first time this season, the offensive line was able to pass block. And you saw what Lyle Collins was able to do. Meanwhile, Jonah Williams had, you know, a really bad outing against Miles Garrett, struggled against him, struggled really against multiple Browns on Monday night at left tackle. They put the they picked up his fifth year option prior to this season, and so he's a former eleventh overall pick in twenty nineteen, and so 
yeah, they're going to need to see a little bit more out of him. And so this is a good test for this unit. You know, it's one thing to to lose to Miles Garrett. It's another to in yeah maybe Brian Burns becomes that, but he's not Miles Garrett yet. And, and not that he isn't great, Panthers fans, but this is a good test for this Bengals offensive line because they flashed some and they handled you know the Cam Jordans of the world a few weeks ago, the Grady Jarretts on the inside uh, of that defense uh, opposing defensive lines, but but you flip it and now you, you're tested again with Brian Burns, and so we'll see if these tackles can hold up on the edge. I think that's a, a huge storyline, you know, going into this one. What, what about Carolina secondary? You know, I, obviously the Bengals are down Jamar Chase, so it'll be the T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd show. You mentioned they're going to be down to safety. How are they doing now without Chin? Yeah, uh, they've they've been okay the last couple of weeks. I know Dante Jackson, he's veteran player. The Panthers extended him this past offseason. He's had his ups and downs, but he's been dealing with an ankle injury. He missed practice on Wednesday. They said it was more of a vet day than anything. He's been on the injury report the last three weeks of the ankle injury. So getting some time to kind of relax, I think it probably won't be something that's healed until following next Thursday when they play the Falcons and they get 10 days to really sit down and to, re- to relax and rehab. So he should be out there on Sunday. J.C. Horn had a hip injury came back on Sunday against the Falcons. He'll also be back. And, you know, they had some moments there in that loss, especially the one late when Demir Burr ran right past CJ Henderson, who has been much of a, pretty much a liability since the Carolina Panthers traded for him wow. a year ago. And that was really a rash decision because J.C. Horn, who looked excellent in his first three games as a Panther in a rookie year last year in 2021, gets injured in that Thursday night game, and the Panthers that very next week decide to trade away a third-round pick and Dan Arnold, their tight end, to Jacksonville to bring C.J. Henderson into a former top-ten pick. And he didn't really – he didn't know the defense last season, but he was one of the talks of training camp in this early before the season, and that really has not played out so far. So he's been up and down having to fill in as a starter. Uh, Xavier Woods has been really good. The free agent they brought in from Minnesota – and then Justin Burris, he started the last few years for them, and he's also a former Cincinnati Bengal. So he's had the experience at least stepping in so far for um, – for uh, God, can't forgetting my players' names now. Um, who Jeremy Chen, who's been on IR. Oh, he should, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, who should gotcha. be back next week. So the secondary, a little banged up. Missed some opportunities last week against Atlanta. Certainly happy not to have to see Jamar Chase this week, but they're still going to have to deal with Joe Burrow, who can air it out look better than, well, a lot of guys in the NFL right now. No doubt. And and so I, I think, obviously, if you can keep Burrow upright and let this offense get into a rhythm, that's ideal for the Bengals. Uh, but, you know, look, last week, all I heard, and I worked in Cleveland for a time, and everybody, all, all my old former colleagues up there were like, ah, the Bengals are going to have no problem throwing on this Browns defense. No problem. No problem. And clearly that they could not move the ball up and down the field, didn't score on their first seven possessions. So the microscope is certainly on this Bengals offense. Let's flip it now a little bit because the matchup that to me is scary right now is this Bengals defense, which hadn't allowed a, a second half touchdown in, in seven games going into last week. Wow. Gave up three last week. Part of that's because DJ Reader's on injured reserve and you're going up against a run-heavy team. He's your star nose tackle. He's not going to be back again this week, still on IR. Chidobe Awuzie gets injured. And now you're looking at it, and Chidobe Awuzie is injured. DJ Reader's hurt. You're probably going to start Eli Apple, who's coming off of a hamstring, a Carolina Panthers legend, I might add, right? He was there for a whole you know, cup of tea. Yeah. And then uh, a Cam Taylor-Britt, a rookie. Those are going to be your two starting outside corners. 
I already questioned them being able to stop the run without DJ Reader and Josh Tupo, two interior players. So the Panthers might have their pick their poison type with DJ Moore, some of the weapons that, that you mentioned that they have, along with obviously Foreman, you know, a big physical back who knows, um, you know, who else they'll have running back wise, injury wise. It's still early in the week, but yeah, I, I, I am worried a little bit about this Bengals defense and how they're uh, going to match up against PJ Walker and company. Yeah, and that's not something that I would expect to hear from anyone three weeks ago, considering how bad this yeah. offense has been. And they're still not great on third down. They're getting progressively better. But really, all they've needed is to have competent quarterback play. Didn't get it from Sam Darnold last year. Didn't get it from Baker Mayfield in the first five weeks of the season. And somehow, P.J. Walker, who for now is a starter, Sam Darnold is has to come off IR by next Tuesday. Otherwise, he'll be out for the rest of the season. I don't know if he'll even be the starter when he comes back. It seems like P.J. Walker, it's his job to hold on to or to lose based off of how he performs this week. And I can't see him not starting again next week against the Falcons, considering it's a short week after that. They could possibly reevaluate if he has back-to-back bad games or if he's great in back-to-back games. And, of course, it should be his job moving forward. And I personally think it should be because we know that Baker's not the answer. And we also know that Sam's not the answer. P.J. probably not the answer either, but he's played better than both those guys have the last two seasons. So it's wild. Mm-hmm to think that now the Panthers seemingly have their starting quarterback for the final nine <laughs> games of the season. And of all people, it's the guy who was the odd man out. Cause you got to remember Matt Corral. Also they drafted him, traded yeah. up and get him, which was another one of those decisions. The Carolina Panthers didn't need to make, but they decided, Hey, we got to get a quarterback. So let's get a guy in the third round and then try and sell that to the fan base. And some people, uh, they uh, took it hook, line and sinker. I don't know why, but they did. That's desperation that, you know, here in Carolina, as far as quarterback play goes. Um, but yeah, the offense, they're going to want to lean on Deontay Foreman. He was excellent last week. First Panthers since Jonathan Stewart back in 2017 against Minnesota have three rushing touchdowns in the game, wow. ran for over hundred yards. It's been back-to-back weeks without Christian McCaffrey, where the Panthers have had no issue running the ball. And the thing is he wears on you late. Yeah. And Steve Wilkes compares him to Derrick Henry. That's the guy who he replaced last year in Tennessee when Henry went down. He looks that, like him. And he does. He looks like him. And yeah. the thing is, the Panthers started the season with three guys who had rushed for over 2,000 yards in a single season back in college. Chris McCaffrey at Stanford, Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State, and then Deontay Foreman at Texas. So they have talented backs. Hubbard missed last week. He should be back this week. But I think that Foreman's got to touch the ball at least 20 times a game in the run game moving forward. Like, that's how they want to win. They want to win by running it downhill and having P.J. Walker make the necessary throws like we saw with, of course, the Hail Mary to D.J. Moore last week to tie the game. But even earlier, he hit Terrace Marshall and D.J. Moore in some critical third downs late in that game. Like, that's how they want to win. And Terrace Marshall is someone who's really stepped up the last two weeks since they traded Robbie Anderson away. He has more talent than Robbie. He had been banged up, had some issues, didn't even get a jersey for two weeks earlier on this season, which is wild to think that because he's obviously their second best playmaker in the receiving game next to DJ Moore. So DJ not having to deal with Chidobi Awuzie, I mean, he should have a field day, especially the way he's played the last two weeks with PJ Walker as a starting quarterback. We'll continue to break down this matchup, maybe even get to our predictions coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online because if you're looking to wager on anything football whether it's the ohio state university like julian mentioned whether it's all things nfl maybe you want to wager on this matchup sunday at paycor stadium well you need to get to bet online because they have all of the latest news they have all of the latest lines and odds that you well you need in your life and you can win money with with bet online of course you can and it's not just nfl it's nba it's stephen curry Right. I'm a big Steph Curry, Julian. By the way, I'm a big Steph Curry fan. Obviously, I'm, I'm tying in the Carolina tie here. Love and it. He, uh, 
he, he might have won uh, won me a little bit of money during the NBA Finals that I bet pre-playoffs. Where did I do that? At Bet Online. So make sure you check him out right now. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games in sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, yeah, but before we get to our predictions, Julian, and, and, and kind of discuss this this line and everything like it, yeah, I, I just, real quick on, on the Bengals' defense. I think getting off to a quick start for the Bengals, especially this week, matters a ton because you're right. If, if that that defense, which I, I think it, they're going to come hungrier than, than they looked at least on Monday night, but if they're just taking a pounding with Foreman and a pounding and a pounding, and they're already shorthanded in, in the defensive line room, it's going to weigh on you. And then the time the fourth quarter rolls around, if it's close, it's a good way to keep the crowd out of it. That's a good way to keep Joe Burrow off the field, which is obviously their goal. Yeah. And, and so to me, if the Bengals can get out to a good start and not let Brian Burns wreck things and, and kind of play from ahead instead of behind, and it's everyone wants to play from ahead, of course, but I think that could make it a little easier considering they're dealing with, I mean, their injuries are literally secondary defensive line. What do they want to do? If you're PJ Walker and company run the ball and then probably push it downfield. Absolutely. If they, if, if they allow that, you know, so I think that that's, that could be the deciding factor in this one on Sunday. Yeah, that's and that's the, the the path to victory for Carolina, especially being able to weigh down, wear down Cincinnati throughout the game. And that's how they can win. And the thing is they were terrible in time of possession the first seven weeks of the six weeks of the season, the last two weeks, they've been much better against Tampa Bay and against Atlanta. And that's the key because his defense has been one of the best in the first half, but typically the offense goes three and out, three and out, three and out. They get tired. They wear down, but that was not the case last week. That was not the case the week before. So running the football and PJ making some of those timely throws, that is the key to victory for the Carolina Panthers and certainly might have the advantage, which is still again, crazy to say and think with the Cincinnati injuries there in the secondary and along the defensive line. Yeah, I think the Bengals opened up as as nine and a half point favorites, I want to say. And this might have been on on Sunday before yeah. they lost to the Browns. I'm on bet online right now, and, and it is uh, a seven point line. So the Bengals favored by seven at home. Let's just talk about that at, at seven, because I think nine and a half is wild. I mean, if they had gone out, not lost Cheeto and, and fi- found a way to just crush the Browns. I, I would kind of see the reaction to that line, but the way the Panthers are playing the way the Bengals just played, including their injuries, I think nine and a half would have been crazy. What, what do you think about that seven point line? Yeah. I mean, after the Falcons game, cause that was the last time we had seen the Bengals play until Monday yeah. night. I didn't really think any, I honestly though, but I did like, I understood it more after seeing that score line than now. But even after the Panthers lost to the Falcons where they should have won the game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, are they really nine and a half points worse than the Cincinnati Bengals? I didn't see that. So I agree with you. Like seven points to me even still feels a little bit much like five, five and a half. 
I could see that. Again, it's they're only saying it's going to be a one-score game, which is, hey, week in and week out. That's what every NFL game boils down to. I think the Carolina Panthers can be competitive. And, hell, there's a lot on the line outside of just, you know, wins and losses. Let's, let's understand. Charlotte, Cincinnati, both go by the Queen City. One of them actually you just named brought it. it up. <laughs> one of them actually after named after a queen. The other one have no oh. idea why they're named the Queen City. One city, wow. a, a, one city, a place where a lot of people from the other city want to move to because the weather is beautiful. Um, w- one city uh, <laughs> whose soccer team got the dub this year. Uh, so oh there, there, there's a lot. There, and we don't get to face off very many times as far as the football teams and now the other football Man. teams. And back in basketball growing up with the Charlotte 49ers and Conference USA against Bobby Bob Huggins and the Cincinnati Bearcats. That used oh, to be a big rivalry. It so, did. It yeah, did. so for me, okay. I'm like, there's a lot on the line here. Like naming rights, bragging rights, Bojangles versus Skyline Chili. Forget lines. It's about the pride and passion of the Carolinas versus the other, the other Queen City. I love that. I love that you went that route. One, because it's a smack in the face to me because I praise Steph Curry. I go out of my way <laughs> to suck up to the Panthers fans. Southern and, hospitality and, right there, And James. I can totally see it. And, and you, yeah, you come after it. Uh, first things first, it's no longer the Queen City. It has something to do with Joe Burrow or Joe Shiesty City or whatever the, the, the case is, right? It's, it's Joe Burrow Central, um, which, you know, I, I think that's part of it. Um, Skyline versus Bojangles. Uh, hey, Skyline, sponsor me so I can stick up for you right now. Uh, what else? What other one did you did you say? The weather. I'm not going to argue with you about the weather, man, because right. it's it's about to get it's about to get chilly here. It's great right now, but it's it's about to get chilly. Um, get is Jenny's is Jenny's ice cream Cincinnati? I know it's Ohio. Graders, Graders, Graders. Is, okay, and Graders is better. Graders is the best ice cream on earth. Okay. So we got you there, and that I, wasn't even sponsored, even though it should be. I will not trash Skyline. I know a lot of people like to do that. It's low-hanging fruit. I've never had it, and honestly, like a chili dog sounds amazing to me. So yeah, if I ever get up to Cincinnati, I want to go there. I want to go to Ryan Guys. I, yeah. Why am I not going there this weekend? Because I know there's got to be I, plenty of people. I've already seen it. Friends I have from Ohio on Instagram have been talking about, like, got my tickets, can't wait to get up to Cincinnati and go see the game. Now, of course, they're going to root for their – their their former hometown team, the Bengals, which okay, I get it. Yeah, th- you should though. Yeah, Ryan Geist, uh, Mad Tree's really good too. There's a lot of good craft breweries though, man. I mean, if you like beer, that alone would would uh, you know, there, there's just so many. Can you get Ryan Geist down there? You can get Ryan Geist in a lot of places. Yeah, I okay. think so. I think so. And Charles become a really big beer city too. But back to the football though. Aside from the. You know, the Charlotte FC, FC Cincinnati, the, Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers. Oh, that, yeah, that's the one. That, that, that was one. the soccer that comment. One. I have yes. to make, what, you're the only one of us that has paid attention to the dang soccer comment. I was not worried about soccer and FC. I, had, I know they made the playoffs. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, well, Charlotte FC was not great. I had to find I had to find one way to uh, to throw one throw a stone at Cincinnati, considering that it's been since like 06, since there was a real rivalry between the cities and two of their schools with Charlotte and Cincinnati back in the past. But with the Panthers, like it's an important game, obviously, as we talked about earlier. They want to stay within distance of the NFC South probably for the best thing long-term is that they don't win a division, which they're more likely to end up in the top five of the draft and to win the division. But I still think come December when they, I mean, in January, their last two games are on the road against Tampa and against New Orleans. They'll be 
in the thick of things. I do think that next week they can get revenge, if you want to call that, of the Atlanta Falcons. 3-1 in the division would be great. If you can get a win this weekend and be 4-6 and six going into that little mini bye, you're in good position moving forward. And Steve Wilkes has been able to galvanize his team. And one of the things that he showed them a couple weeks ago before the Tampa game was highlights back during the 13, 14, 15 seasons where they went back to back to back to win the NFC South. The first time anyone had won the NFC South back to back seasons, but even back to back to back seasons and showing the highlights of the Thomas Davises, the Greg Olsons, the Cam Newtons, the Luke Keekleys, and those guys who ran a division and they went out there and they beat the brakes off of, Tam- of Tom Brady. And that same energy carried over the week after against Atlanta. And even after losing that game, I'm still higher on this team with the loss than I would have thought it would have been a couple of weeks ago because they've been competitive because the offense has actually not made my eyes bleed. They've been watchable. They were entertaining for a large portion of that game. And now seeing how Cincinnati played on Monday, like there's blood in the water there. And the Bengals had a great run a year ago and they still have a better future trajectory than the Carolina Panthers because they have a quarterback. But you look at it historically, man, the Bengals, yes, Andy Dalton, you guys had a lot of playoff get wins, but it's been a while before the, until the Bengals have won a playoff game. And you, some people can look on the outside and the way they got to the Super Bowl last year, and you got to be fortunate. They're obviously a good team. They made their own luck. But you might think that, hey, maybe they can get this team down, find a way to kind of have them doubt themselves, and the Panthers go on the road and get a big win on Sunday and be right back on track to still probably be bad, but to be not as bad as we thought they'd be. Yeah, I, I think – and I get that that sentiment. One, Joe Burrow's never going to doubt himself. I think yeah. that that's he's just he's different, man. That's the one thing everyone always asks, like, "Hey, man, what do you think about Burrow?" And I, I say the same thing, and it's the same thing everyone seems to say is he's just different. Like, he if he throws for five touchdowns or throws five picks, you can't really tell when he's on the sideline. Like, it's not like he's doing the Tom Brady slamming tablets and stuff. Like, he just he's like a robot, and in it doesn't mean that there there isn't some emotion when there there needs to be, but he's not going to be over the top one way or the other. And yeah. so I think that that really matters this week is having a stabilizing, calming force that just says, okay, let's breathe. We didn't have Jamar. We went on the road. We got our head kicked in. It's a short week. We're going to be fine. Let's recalibrate. And, and that's what I expect them to do. I, I don't think that it's going to be an easy game on Sunday. But this Bengals team has really high aspirations, and the only way that they can reach them, in all seriousness, is by starting with a win on Sunday. And, and I think that the veterans in the locker room will, will be able to kind of stabilize things. Will it be perfect? No, but I, I am leaning uh, towards the Bengals winning. We'll see now. I, I, I'm not going to give a score prediction uh, on today's show. But, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think that Joe Burrow and, and these veterans, they're going to step up and – I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs or not, yeah. but I, I, I kind of put them to bed on the bye if they lose and go to four and five. And I think they find a way to, to flip it and get the five and four, get the win, and, and they can at least sleep a little bit uh, in, in feeling a little bit better about themselves at least going into that bye week. Yeah, and that's a safe pick. And, and I, would, I would give the edge to Cincinnati as well at this point in the week. Because, like, Joe Burrow, you're right, man. Like, watching him at LSU – that was unbelievable, that 2019 season. And there was the conversation here in Carolina when they hired Joe Brady, who was the off, who was oh. the, pass, the passing game coordinator at LSU. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to always constantly remind people that Joe Brady didn't recruit Jamar Chase or 
Joe Burrow or Terrace Marshall is on this team or Justin yeah. Jefferson. He did coach the wide receivers, so I'll give him credit there. He also didn't call the plays, had never called a play in his entire life until he came here to Carolina. Like it was just unearned the fact that he even was the OC in the NFL, but he'll have a head coaching job here in two years because he's a QB coach of Josh Allen in Buffalo. But Joe Burrow was was <laughs> awesome that year. Was awesome. And I wish to God that we could have got him because people wanted to pair Joe Burrow with Joe Brady. And people said, hey, if you, Joe Brady needs Joe Burrow, then he's probably not that good. Well, he definitely needed Joe Burrow we saw here in the NFL. But Burrow's been awesome. And that he's just, yeah, you're right. He's different. And what he did last year to get y'all to the Super Bowl was a joy to watch. But the Carolina Panthers need to put that dude in the ground all day long on Sunday if they're going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, if they do that, then it, it's certainly going to be a contest that, uh, well, a lot of Bengals fans aren't going to like. And look, I agree with you. I think it, I think it's going to be a close one, though, and it's going to be a fun one, and it's certainly a more interesting matchup than it would have been a few weeks ago, at least on paper. And, and yeah. so I'm excited to, uh, to to check it out, to be there in person. I'm bummed you're not going to be here in Cincinnati in person, but uh, yeah, you can still try uh, the Ryan Geist beer, but for, for those uh, listening, make sure you check out Locked On Panthers leading up to this game with Julian Council at Julian Council on Twitter. Check out Jake Lisko and myself at James Rafine at Jake Lisko and the Locked On Bengals podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's going to do it for now for Julian Council. I'm James Rapine signing off. Thank you so much for listening to Crossover Thursday, brought to you by Prize Picks right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.